Have you been wanting to lose weight and get healthy? Now's the perfect time to start Nutrisystem. Enjoy your favorite foods made healthier, delivered free to your door. Right now, you can get Uniquely Yours Ultimate, our most complete foolproof plan at an amazing price. Order today and save 50%, plus get an extra $40 off. Go to Nutrisystem.com save and discover what millions of people already know. Nutrisystem works. Limitations apply. See website for full offer details. Welcome, listener. How are you? We are glad you're doing well, and welcome back to another exciting episode of Aaron's Opinion, the podcast for blind people, where we talk about issues in the blindness community. This evening, I am joined by someone who has a very, very, very interesting story, and her name is her name is Sarah, and she would like to share with you uh, the experiences that she's had and tell you why um, our society these days needs to be accepting and why success is the most important thing in life. Sarah, welcome to Aaron's Opinion. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thank you so much for having me, Aaron. My pleasure. All right, go ahead and get into your story. Um, tell us kind of your, your you know, based, based on a lot of that material that you sent me that I listened to, that's the only thing I listen to. So kind of base it off of that and kind of walk our listeners uh, through some of, uh, through your experiences that you've had and then tie it all together because I think my my blind audience uh, and audience members who are not blind or anyone uh, needs needs to learn from you. So go right ahead. Awesome, thank you, Aaron. Well, I you know I like how you said uh, you know that, that society should be more accepting and uh, understanding. You know, I'll tell you, I, I spent a lot of time wishing that was the case. And it caused me to not be accepting or understanding of myself. And it caused my own self-judgment because I placed my value on how society saw me or felt about me or thought about me. Um, So, you know, I had to eventually shift that mentality. But I'll I'll go into my story a little bit first so you understand where I'm coming from. I grew up in a different body. I had a major gender identity crisis. And, uh, you know, I've been forced with a label. You know, everyone labeled me as transgender. And not, not many people know that about me anymore because I, uh, I don't look like I'm any different to any other woman. But, uh, you know, because of society and my feelings that they weren't accepting of me, I, you know, once I was able to hide that fact, I did. I hid it and I didn't tell anybody. There were a lot of people in my life who actually didn't know that about me because I had created my own, well, I adapted society's negative stigma to it. So I I attached shame to it. I attached shame to being who I was, which is weird because I was ashamed of faking being this, this, you know, guy that society wanted me to be. I was ashamed of who I was then. And then when I finally shared my truth and stepped into who I truly was, then I was ashamed again. And I said no more. I didn't want to feel ashamed for who I was or who I was hiding, any of that. And I realized that it was attached to that need for society to accept me. And when I went from needing society to accept me to just learning to accept myself, guess what society did? Society started to accept me more. It's funny how that works, but it it really did work that way. And I, I started to learn that the limitations the disadvantages, I mean, you know, we all have our own disadvantages. Um, some of the listeners right now are 
dealing with with a physical limitation with their sight. That's uh, you know what someone would look at as a disadvantage. I was disadvantaged with a mental thing, an internal struggle, uh, an identity crisis that slapped a label and judgment all over me. People ridiculed and judged and, and hated for no reason. They didn't even know who I was or, or anything about me, and they hated me instantly. And I got to hear the wrath and the fire and the toxicity on myself uh, because of it. But I have learned that there is no limitation that people can put on us if we don't accept that limitation. So I started to not define myself by what society told me about myself. They might have told me, you're a freak, uh, you're a demon, I've heard that, <laughs> that before, you're not what you say you are, you're a liar, you're this, you're this, you're that, you're this. And I had the choice of either accepting that and making that my truth, or saying, no, I know better. I know who I am. I know what I stand for. I know my morals and my values. I know I have a good heart. I know I have a good soul. I know that all the mistakes that I've made in my life don't make me a bad person. I know that all the limitations and disadvantages in my life don't make me any less capable of happiness and success and fulfillment. So it took a little while before I realized that, but that was a big, big shift in me. And it, 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 it helped me become confident. It helped me love myself. And I think the real key to fitting into society and being successful and being happy is about self-love. Once you've loved yourself, you don't care about whatever society says. You don't care about the limitations that uh, they make you believe you have. You start to realize that you have a superpower. All of our limitations that people see as disadvantages the real heroes turn those disadvantages into an advantage. And that's what I've been doing. My story now and my vulnerability in sharing it has become something that is changing the world. It's helping people. And it's become a reason for me to be under a spotlight so that I can actually affect positive change on people. And that's what I want. That's how I want it. I want to be able to reach out to more people. And I want to share my story so that they realize that the that life's not so bad just because you have disadvantages. You don't have to define your life by your past. You don't have to define it by your mistakes and your limitations and, and, and uh, beliefs that you're not enough. You can actually define your life by who you want to become no matter what your limitations are, no matter what your disadvantages are, you have the power to create the life you want by defining it the way you want, by picking up the pen and redefining your story. Write the next chapters. Don't let the next chapters write you. <laughs> so. And I agree. Do you have any? Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any uh, I... questions about that whole string of words? <laughs> Uh, you're absolutely right. And, and I thought this would really fit well with my audience because some of them um, are, you know, members of a particular um, advocacy organization in the United States that um, for other reasons, I try not to make a big deal of it. Be so because of that, I don't, I don't actually say what it's called um, because this podcast is uh, heard on uh, more places than I was even aware. In fact, I would, was contacted yesterday by my distributor saying that this podcast is now available in all these countries in Africa and Asia and all over the world, places that I never even thought, never even thought cared to listen. So 
I, I can be a little cautious from time to time about giving out names of organizations, but to say the very least, I will say that there is an organization for blind people in our country, and you probably know what it's, you, pro you probably have heard of it, if not know it yourself. And one of the things that they say is that, you know, blindness is not the characteristic that defines you in your life. Right. And, that, and that's 100% and that's true. And in your case, the your your point that i think is is the teachable point is that limitations should never define you that if you're you should never be defined by a by a limitation um and then exactly. the other the other the other really puzzling thing about all of this is that i i find american society to be incredibly judgmental um especially when we know very little about who we are judging and I don't understand that myself, you know. Um, I've done a lot of traveling. I, you know, I lived abroad in England uh, for three months. I've had a lot, of, uh, a lot of interesting experiences traveling the world. And I, I will tell you that um, although um, many people with disabilities uh, may not always be fully employed overseas in other countries because of other barriers, I. I have found that the, the communities in other countries seem to be much more understanding and they act a lot you know, less judgmental than Americans do. So I, I do notice that American people are incredibly judgmental um, as a society, in my opinion, by the way. Um, and I think that's- it's Well, can I, can I say something about that? Um, that? That opinion is judgmental of the judgmental people. Right, of and that's, course. That's the, that's the circle. And I mean, I catch myself doing it sometimes. I mean, th during this whole pandemic, right. I see certain people being judgmental of others who are going out and maybe they went to visit a family member and it's like, oh, they're breaking all the rules and they're being judgmental. And then I find myself judging them. You know, why are you being so judgmental? And then it becomes this big us versus them mentality. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You're, you're right. You're right. Thank you for bringing that up. You're, you're a hundred percent. You're, you're correct. It's a, uh, you know, of course, I mean, I mean it from the from the perspective, from a, I guess, a blindness perspective. I, I guess, I guess it is. Yes, it's judgmental, um, and I, I, I guess I, I believe it to be true to some to some degree, <laughs> to some extent. Um, that I, I find that that pe people in general in the United States seem to be seem to be very, very judgmental of 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 things and of people, and and I I don't think that's very productive at all um as you know as that goes yes totally you know the way i see it and and i've learned this in many different areas of my life it's we can't control the outside world we can only control what's going on within our internal selves so if we are you know seeing a world where we're being judged within it you know instead of asking you know how do they stop judging me what do i got to do to change them to change the world to change how they're operating I start to ask myself, well, how can I operate within it? What do I have to do to make my moves and not have to worry about those other people who are judging the society that, you know, is making my life more difficult? How can I just operate within it in a way that puts me at the advantage, puts me as the, the, the hero, the, pe the, the person that people are going to because I'm seeing above that and beyond that, you know, because we can't change them that way we can't look at someone and say you're being judgmental you're doing it wrong that doesn't work i mean how many times have you told someone that they're doing it wrong or that they're being judgmental or they're being a 
butthead. <laughs> and how, how many times has that ever worked? Right? Never. Exactly. Never. Never does it work. Right. No. So like the, the only thing we truly can do is help ourselves improve ourselves and when we are improve ourselves and this is why i brought up you know um you know my judgments against them is just me being ju judgmental you know mm -hmm. if we, if we take inventory of that and we help ourselves say you know we don't have to judge the judges because that's just doing the same thing in a different way thinking that we're better than them because we, we're not we're not the ones judging with hate we're judging with you know it's it's the same thing with a different, it's a, the same shit, different pile. Excuse my language. But no if we could, if we, this if we is, work this, on this ourselves. Podcast, by the way, this podcast is marked as explicit for a reason. After I talked to a, a <laughs> after I talked to a retired correctional officer at a, at a prison, uh, he talked about everything <laughs> from, everything from MS-13 to rape to mental illness. I said, yeah, this is not kid friendly anymore. I've crossed that line. <laughs> 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 Sounds about right. Yeah, that would go that way. Yep. But uh, yeah, you know, if we can just do work on ourselves, then that is how we can change the world. Because if we, it's it's leading by example. If sure. we can be the example of the, you know, there doesn't have to be an us first them mentality. We are all different. We all have different points of views and different opinions and different maps of reality that we've created through different experiences and different types of learning. You know, we don't have to change them, but if we can work on ourselves and improve and be better than we were yesterday, people will see it's possible. Just to see that it's possible to go from the judge, the executioner, and, and, and the person who is uh, in victim mode and coming from scarcity and lack and going from that to more accepting, to saying, you know, I don't care what your opinion is. I love your soul. I love who you are. I might not love your ego, but I love your soul. No matter your opinion, no matter your judgment, you can hate me all you want. You can, you can tell me I'm limited. You can tell me all these things and stop, slap your labels on me all you want. I still love you. You know, good for you for having an opinion. Good for you for voicing it, being strong enough to voice it and not caring what others think. Good for you. I respect your opinion. I just don't accept it. Right, right. So yeah, I've, I've, I've had to do a lot of growth through pain. And, and that's, mm -hmm. that's the thing that, uh, you know, when we have these disadvantages and limitations and these labels and stuff, we're, we're put into a position of growth. And that's the way I like to see when we're, we're dealing with challenges and roadblocks and limitation and stuff. We are blessed with an opportunity to grow and be better. And it's unfortunate that some of us take these situations, and I mean, I say it coming from a place where I've been there, where I've taken these situations, the judgment, the hate, all that stuff, and I let it hurt me. I let it belittle me, make me feel small, take away my confidence. I let it hurt who I am. And I realized that that was not doing anything for me. And I, I don't want to live like that. I want to live in a, a fulfilling and enriched life. So of course you got to ask yourself, well, how do I do that? How do I live in a fulfilling and enriched life? Well, the first thing is not, not letting other people's opinions of you and their labels and their slapping of the limitations on you, letting them affect you or accepting them or taking them on. Sure, you know, when someone exactly, tells me exactly. I'm a, I'm a freak, you know how long I actually accepted that I'm a freak. That's what everyone tells me. So I guess I'm a freak. And I was like, no, I'm not a freak. I know I'm not a freak. I'm, I'm, I'm a really good-hearted person who actually genuinely cares about people, who I want to help people grow. And we all have a different story of what makes us so incredible. You know, it's not, you know, you being blind 
does not make you who you are. What no. makes you who you are is all the incredible qualities you were born with. Right. And if you start to outweigh the whole, oh, I'm blind or I'm transgender or whatever limitation or whatever challenge and cards you were dealt, if you replace those with, I'm awesome because X, Y, Z. And if that's what you're focused on, and if nobody can convince you otherwise, then you're going to rise up. You're going to become stronger. You're going to have more confidence. You're going to feel good about life. You're going to be more grateful. And when you're grateful, you receive more things to be grateful for. You're in a better state of mind. Your happiness creates a better state of mind. When you're in a better state of mind, you make better decisions. When you make better decisions, you have better results. When you have better results, you live more fulfillment. You become more successful. You create more income. You change more lives. You're able to give back more. It all comes from, you know, love, self-love, just like, you know, full circle, full circle from what I was saying in the beginning. If you can learn to love yourself, you can, you can live a much, much more fulfilling and successful life. Without, without doubt, really, really excellent. Really, really good. So, um, one of the, one of the questions or one of the things that I, I have noticed is that a lot of people uh, in the podcasting community that I've been talking to uh, lately, um, a lot of them are, are writing books. Um, so why don't you tell us, if you want, tell us a little bit more uh, about, you know, about your book and about that project. Yeah, I would love to. Um, it's actually being published within a week. So you're very, very close. And uh, so I'll tell you, the title of it is called Not Born This Way. And the not is in brackets, in parentheses. And I, I'll, I'll let you guys, uh, and, and ladies and gentlemen, um, figure out why those brackets are there and kind of go into the, the thought of the message behind just that title. Is, right. But it really is um, pointing to, you know, the fact that I didn't, I defined myself by, by all these labels and stuff. And then when I, I realized that I didn't have to be defined that way and I didn't have to define myself by, you know, what I was born in. I was born in a male body. I wasn't born this way in my current self, but I decided to define who I wanted to become. And I mean, I grew up in a low income household. My mom was a single mother of three daughters and you know, we didn't have money. We didn't have much of it anyways. We had food in our bellies. We had a roof over our head and clothes on our backs. And my mom worked really, really hard for that stuff. But, uh, you know, what I, the message that I took was that it doesn't matter how hard you work. When you're poor, you're poor and you're stuck there. And I, and I didn't want to accept that message. I wanted to break the chains. I wanted to make sure that when I had children that they had an amazing life. Not saying I didn't have an amazing life. My mom did amazing for what she had, but I, I wanted to be able to have more freedom. You know, I wanted to be able to take them to Disney World and go on incredible vacations and not worry about uh, paying for college and university and stuff like that. I wanted to break those change, chains. And I didn't want to accept that if you're born this way, you're stuck this way. I wanted to, I wanted to break that chain. I wanted to define myself by who I wanted to become and my life that I wanted to have and live. And I did that. I started to become an entrepreneur. I said, you know, I want to take control over my income and my life. And I noticed when I was 11, my mom ended up with this guy for 11 years. He was very abusive, very verbally abusive, and as well as physically abusive. And she tried to leave him a few times. And we would end up in a woman's shelter. And, you know, we would go right back. And I would always ask, like, Mom, why are we going back? He's, he's terrible. And her response was always the same. We don't have enough money to, to live without him. If we leave, we'll end up on the streets. That was a very powerful message for me. It was a message that 
You know, I never, ever wanted to be de um, a dependent of a man's money or anyone's money for that matter. So again, I wanted to redefine my life. I wanted to, to shift and say, you know, in my life, I will live it different. I will um, never be dependent of a man for money. And I, I changed, you know, the outcome because of that. So I'll tell you this, every single brink of destruction I've been on is where the greatest shift has come from. When you're on the brink of destruction, when you're, you know, at, at the lowest of the lows, you're at the rock bottom, you know, you've made the biggest mistakes, the biggest failures, that's where your biggest and greatest shifts come from, where the epiphanies come from, the realizations that you deserve more, you deserve better, you, you can't sit on your ass anymore, you've got to get up and move, you've got to shift directions, you've got to take charge, grab the bull by the horns. That comes from the brink of destruction. So if you're in the brink of destruction right now, be so, so grateful because something is about to shift for you. You're about to be pushed so deep that you get so fed up that you wake up so desperate to not take another step forward in the direction that you have been continually going on. You will be pushed to the point where it's like, I cannot and will not move in that direction again. And I will make change. I will shift. Every time that I've been in that position, I'll tell you, I was in a position where um, right after my, so my transition has only been uh, five years. May 30th will be the five-year mark where I, where I came out to the world and I told everyone this is who I am. And I lost everything in the moment. Um, I lost all my friends. I had to start from square one. Uh, you know, I had, I had owned a landscaping company. It was part of this macho persona, but that's not what I wanted to do. So I had to try and get a new job. And I, I looked like a freak again. You know, I don't want to accept that label, but I'm just saying it just to get, give you the gravity of, you know, I looked, I looked special, we'll say. Um, and I couldn't get a minimum wage retail job. Eventually I did. And I got that minimum wage retail job and I started to you know, create a new life. And it wasn't easy, but uh, it, it had to be done. And I was in a position where one month I couldn't make rent and I have two children. I'm a single mother of two and I had to fight for my kids as well, but I couldn't make rent. And I was on plenty of fish and a man offered me money for sex. Now, I will never um, put anyone down who is empowered by uh, sex work. I, and I hold no judgment for it, but it's not for me. It's not what I want to do. And I accepted it even though I felt disgusting for it. And again, the act isn't necessarily disgusting, but it's not something I wanted to do. So I broke my vo uh, morals and values for money and it felt very dirty and disgusting. You know, when it was over, I cried. I felt extremely, that was my brink of destruction right there. But I'll tell you, I'm so grateful for that moment because that moment made me go, never again will this have to happen. And a fire was lit. Another fire inside me was lit to make sure that that never happened again. And I started to, I, I completely shifted. I, I let go of my ego and I started to let my vulnerability in and, and say, I need help. And I started looking for coaching and mentorship. And I found a mentor who changed my life forever shifted my thinking. I've never had not had a coach since that day because that my mentor in one call told me things about how to think, how to shift the way I think that affected my life so fast, so profoundly, so rapidly that weeks later, literally two or three weeks later, I was on the upswing and I was 
I got involved in a ground floor opportunity, became the number one recruiter and the top lead, one of the top leaders in the company. I was then taken under the wing of one of my, uh, my mentor who was a multimillionaire, someone I looked up to eight years ago and was ever able to get close to this person. They were all of a sudden my mentor. I was manifesting things at alarming rates. I, my life changed forever. This is the reason why I'm now a, a coach. I help program people's instincts so they don't live in their head where they're stuck in planning, stuck in you know self-defeating thoughts and victim mentality. I help people program their instincts so they can live an effortless life. And that's what I'm living right now. I'm living in an effortless, beautiful, magical life filled with miracles. Um, and in my book, Not Born This Way, this is all what it's about. It's about moving towards that life you want to create. You don't have to be stuck in what you're born in. You don't have to be stuck with the labels you're given. You can define yourself and you can define your life the way you want to. And that can be so hard to believe when you're stuck in it, when you're stuck in victim mentality, when you're stuck being judged and labeled and ridiculed and you feel that stuck. I say when you're stuck there, but you're not stuck there. You just feel like you're stuck there. And it's a hard thing to get out of. I'm not saying this saying, oh, it's easy. Just all of a sudden shift the way you think and go find someone to teach you how to do it. It takes that brink of destruction where you go. I can never take another step forward in this same direction that I'm going in. Once you're at that brink of, direct, uh, br brink of destruction, you can really go, okay, I got to make some serious changes. And I'll tell you, when you figure that out, you can take your life from whatever position you're in right now into something so much more magical and successful and fulfilling. I mean, two years ago, let me hear this is this is when it started two years ago when I was on welfare as a single mother of two and I ended up taking money for sex. I was broken. I was hurting. I, w I felt little. I felt very disgusted within myself. I felt like a massive failure and a loser. And again, single mother of two. And I got this mentorship eight, I think it was eight months later. I was a six figure passive income earner in a network marketing company. It took eight months after that brink of destruction, letting my, my guard down and allowing for help, allowing for support. So there's two really big things in that, you know, getting to the point where you're vulnerable enough to let your ego down and ask for help is one of the biggest shifts you can ever make. Stop thinking you've got this in the bag. Let go of the ego. Let go of that, I can do this myself, stupid, stupid mentality. You're only damaging yourself. It, you know, I know that it comes from a place like, I'm independent. I don't need the help. I got this. Look how far I've come without the help. I get it. I get that mentality. I've been there. But I'm telling you, when you let that guard down and you just ask for help and receive it, you catapult your life. You accelerate your success. You want to be successful in whatever your endeavor is, whether that's finding your soulmate, whether it's a better income, being able to give back more to your community and to, to the culture, whatever it is. If you want to be better at that, you want to do it faster and not end up you know, in your 80s and 90s going, what the heck happened? Time fly and I didn't accomplish what I wanted to do. You don't want that. Let your guard down. Let your ego go away and step away on this one and just ask for help and seek it. Seek someone who can give you some guidance. Because I'll tell you, once that happened, look at me, two years later, I am a top earning network marketer. I'm on stage doing motivational speaking all the time. I'm, my finances are incredible. I've, in the past, what, month 
and a half, I've made about $20,000 US and I'm Canadian. So that's like a million dollars. You know, I just wrote my first book and it's already pre-sold about 80 copies. Um, I, I'm a coach. I'm a successful coach and I, I don't, I'm not cheap either. And I've got tons of clients that are willing to pay it, even though I don't have certifications. I'm an NLP practitioner now. I finally got a a certification in NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, but I'm successful because I asked for help and I defined my life the way I chose to define it. I defined myself the way I chose to define myself and I'm, I'm light as a feather. I don't feel the weight of the judgment of the world, the weight of the judgment of myself, the the feeling of unworthiness and self-loathing, all these things that I used to feel. And if anyone can relate to that, I'm here to tell you that there's hope for you, that there's hope that you can live such a magical and beautiful life if you let go of all that weight weighing you down. And, you know, sometimes it's hard to identify what that weight is, what it is you need to let go. But I gave you a few tips on this call. But if you need more, go to sasboss.com. I will I'll give you a free coaching call and I'll, I'll help you identify it. I'll help you identify the things that are weighing you down. You can get my book too. You can read a little bit about that and see that anybody can do it. I'm not special. I'm not some special. I didn't have some amazing mentorship from uh, someone from birth. I wasn't born into money. I wasn't born into um, an ex- excellent family where they could teach me all this stuff. I learned it along the way and I got lucky and blessed with some of the people in my life. But I also will say this, it wasn't just luck. I, I manifested it because I asked for it. You can ask for things. And a lot of the things that I asked for, I had to let go of that ego. And I had to say, I want mentorship from someone who can help me be successful. I want, um, I want fulfillment. I want a soulmate. I want happiness. I want all these things. And I asked for them. I didn't just say, I want them. I said, you know, I looked up to my, whatever higher power I think I have, and I don't know what it is. It's either the universe, it's God. I don't know. I'm not going to put a label on that either. I'm just going to say that I asked. I said, I, you know, can you help me? Can you help me? I'll just keep my eyes open for whatever you, you want to put in front of my path. I used to think of myself as the forger of the path. You know, I'm cutting the trees down so people behind me have a clear path. And I felt like a fighter. I was always fighting, fighting to win, fighting to survive, fighting for people, fighting for relationships. Everything was just such a fight. And I was so tired of fighting. I don't want to fight anymore. And I, I got to a point in the brick of destruction where I just said, I don't want to fight anymore. I just want, I want to live effortlessly. I just want life to be beautiful. And I'll take action on whatever I need to take action on, but I don't want to have to always be fighting and asking you shall receive life stopped being a fight. I started to be able to just exist and and have an effortless life. You know, I'm, I'm living more instinctually now instead of living in my mind. I don't live thinking about the future and the past. I know where I'm going and that's enough. And I can now be present and I can just look around. I could do a 360 and it didn't matter which situation I was in. Uh, two years ago when I was living next to a ghetto, single mother of two, feeling broken and hurt, I was still able to do a 360 in my house and pick out 360 things I was grateful for. Even though I wanted more, even though it wasn't the ideal situation, I was able to say, you know, I'm grateful for that doorknob that's not broken. It's hanging on the wall and I can open that door and I can walk in and out of it anytime I want. I'm grateful for this blue sky that feels so great. I'm grateful for the birds chirping. I'm grateful for the bed that I had to lay in. I'm grateful for the covers I have to wrap myself in. I'm grateful for my daughters and and their acceptance. And I mean, there's so many things you can be grateful for. 
And I was able to shift my state of mind by, by thinking about things that I love. And guess what? I attracted more things that I love into my life, more things to be grateful for. I now live in an incredible neighborhood in an awesome house with a new car. And I'm not saying this stuff to impress you. I'm saying it to, to show you that it doesn't matter your situation. It doesn't matter your limitation. It doesn't matter your disadvantages. They're only disadvantages and limitations if you accept them as such. You don't have to. You don't have to accept any of your situations, your circumstances as disadvantages and, and, and limitations unless you want to. So ask yourself, do I want to accept being blind as a limitation or a disadvantage? If you say no, then use it as your superpower. That's, this is what I did. I said, you know, all these things that I'm being judged for, I want it to be my superpower. And I, I flipped. I started to say, okay, well, you know what? I'm going to share my story and I'm going to do it from a place of empowerment from a place that doesn't get covered in shame. Because I used to tell it in shame. I was ashamed of being who I was. You know, just like you might be ashamed of being the, the blind guy or the blind girl. You don't have to be. That's up to you. That's not up to society. You know, we talk about society being judgmental. As soon as I accepted what I had as a power instead of a weakness, the world saw it that way too. When I talked about it, whenever I stood up on stage, whenever I would communicate with someone about it, I said it from a place of empowerment instead of a place of being a victim from it. And the results were much, much different, much more powerful and beautiful. So, you know, if, if, you're, if you're not happy with the way society is treating you for it, it's because that's the way you're treating yourself as well. <laughs> I think that's really good advice. I think you're absolutely right. And I think that's the advice that my, um, you know, mostly blind audience uh, need, needs to hear uh, because this podcast is mostly directed towards blind people. I only post it in very specific places because I know who my, I know who my audience is. You, you have to know who you're talking to. Um, right. Really, really, into, really a, a lot of, you're, you're, you're a hundred percent correct. And a lot, and a lot of, and a lot of, a lot of interest, a lot of interesting material, a lot of uh, different, um, a lot of, you said a lot of different things that are all uh, really applicable to at least, I hope that if at least one person or, you know, each person in my audience can relate to maybe one thing that you said, I think that's, it's really, really, really valuable uh, for, the, for, for everyone, for me, for everyone. It's, it's really good. Um, and you said something that I have a question about. You said something interesting. You said that you do work in a uh, neuro neuro language uh, because and it, it caught it you know it kind of caught my caught, caught my attention there because when I'm not podcasting, I teach English online as a second language. So that's sure. that's that's my job. So I've heard a lot about neuro neuro language coaching exactly. Uh, tell us what is that because I, I happen to have an interest in, in linguistics and languages. Oh, it's such an incredible practice. Oh my gosh. So it's it's called it's neurolinguistic programming. So it's using the way you programming, okay. Yeah, it, it's using your words, your linguistics to help reprogram yourself, to reprogram yourself or a client. So I've used it on a couple clients and the results are just staggering. You know, one one example was uh, a girlfriend of mine who had a very traumatic experience with her pregnancy and it, it was there's a lot of pain and I mean her talking about pregnancy she it's, it's like she's got this PTSD about it it makes her uncomfortable and, and she would never want to have a kid again because of it well I changed that within about 10 minutes by just 
helping her re-see that situation. So I'll help her replay it, that this memory where it was so painful and it, it hurts so bad. And I, I put her there. I, I allowed her to identify with that situation, that memory, and turn that memory into something else. Because every memory that we have is created. We create the memory the way we interpret the situation. So just like anyone um, learns from better, you know, some people learn better visually, some people learn better auditorially, and I'm sure you will um, uh, relate with that more than obviously. Right, the right. The, audit, learn, right? The, the auditory is, is how. And the kinesthetic. How I, right, there's right? of course so, the, seven, the seven intelligences, but there's probably, there's like seven different ways that people learn and, uh, basically absorb information and interpret the, you know, right. the environment. Right. Sure. Definitely. Right. So knowing that, um, and I mean, it, you don't have to be blind to, to be, you know, someone who learns better off of auditory or, or kinesthetic in the feeling and the touch. Um, that's just, you know, we're born this way. So, you know, if, if you, if you know that, and the, here's a, here's an example before I even keep going, two people can go watch the same movie and receive this, a different message. Have you ever noticed that? It's it's true. It's true. There was oh the other, um yes you're you're correct. The and and the other interesting thing about this whole neuro neuro linguistics and neuro language programming that kind of I I kind of segued it in my mind when you were talking about a really a really interesting example in in history history and uh, history is my like favorite subject in school. I love teaching people about history. I just love talking about history. And one of the most interesting things that happened, as, as you probably know, um, is the, um, the historical event that surrounded uh, Nelson Mandela's life, uh, that a, a, a great portion of, of society um, some people in, in South Africa and some people in the world actually believed that Nelson Mandela passed away in prison when in fact he passed away at his home. Um, so that's, it's a really, right. I, I, do you, do you remember that? Do, do you remember hearing yeah, that? Yeah, no, I actually, yeah, I do remember hearing that. And, and there's a couple of cases around the world of people who remember things differently. So why, so, I mean, I, I'm fascinated by it uh, as a, as a teacher, of you know English as a second language, I I try to under, I mean of course I, I teach English, but then I also am interested in how people perceive things and how people think through certain you know certain different equations, whether it's a, you know educational or coaching or life or uh, any any and all of the experiences and things that you have said uh, so so eloquently and beautifully, by the way. So, but can you, you can you to, can you kind of explain it a little bit more? How could a and I, I, it's not, it's not simple at all. So I'm not going to say, well, simple, we make, but, well, here's, right. here's my, my simplest version of the explanation is we all create a different map of reality, right. depending on uh, scenario situation and the way we process information. So it's not just about how we learn better. Some people learn better visually, some people learn better auditorially, but it's about how we process that information. When we see something, our map of reality, if, if we learn better and process information better visually, our map of reality is based on things we see. Some people's map of reality is based more on what they hear or more of what they feel or more of the way they translate things. So knowing that when you have a completely different map of reality, 
the way you see the world, then you translate what you see differently or what you hear differently. So what, two people looking at the same situation, one heard something that the other didn't, one saw something that the other didn't. So they created their own um, you know, result from that. And it could be two completely different results because one was looking at something and one was listening to something. Does that make sense? Yeah, oh, yes, without doubt it does. Um, so why do you think people do this so often with so many, I mean, I guess, I mean, I guess, I guess the answer is, I guess everybody has their own perceived reality, I, their own, their own map. Uh, their yeah, own map that, that's it. Exactly. Right. We build those as we, you know, as we grow, you know, our map of reality is based on the way we perceive information, perceive the world, perceive people. So if you're going, you know, you're 30 years old, you have 30 years worth of this map built in your mind. Right. So sometimes you, you build this map where because you built it one way and there's other ways you could have built it, but you didn't, you mm -hmm. can't process information in another way. That's really, really cool. Really fascinating. Yeah. So when, so, sure, sure. No, that's, no, that's great. Yes. Yeah. That's, yeah it's, that's, it's really exciting once you, you get to know it. And this is where you can actually program people when you realize what map of reality they're working with. So if I know that someone is working with, you know, they process information better with their auditory. Right. Um, I can appeal to their auditory. So, you know, with my girlfriend, uh, she was auditory. I, I could tell by certain signals and cues. So I helped her. I closed her eyes and I, I brought her back to this situation. I started to change what, what she heard in the memory. Because, again, this memory was a construct. She heard certain information that was happening and she felt certain things that was happening. And then after it was over, she created the memory based on what she heard and she felt and saw and, and all these other things. So when you, you think about it, every memory that she had is created. So if it's created, we can change it. If you create a memory, then you can change a memory. So what we did was we walked through it and I told her, okay, now you see the scene. What do you feel? What do you see? What do you hear? And I walked through all those and I changed all those things that she described. She said, well, I hear this. I said, okay, well now that sound that you're talking about, speed it up, make it sound like a chipmunk, make it sound like something different. Okay. You, you feel pain. Okay, instead of feeling pain, why don't you feel uh, a cloud? You feel something soft, you know, and I changed all of these different sensory feelings and, and sounds and, and visuals. I made her, I helped her walk through recreating a memory that was traumatic. So we were programming, we were reprogramming through, through words, just saying, okay, change this, change that. And then I would get her to step out of that scenario, be the third person watching it. So like put it on a TV screen. So now you've got that scenario that we're talking about that you were just in, put it on a TV screen in front of you. So now you see yourself and you see the pain you're feeling, you see the sounds you're hearing, you see the sights you're seeing, but you're not there. So you don't feel them. You don't see them. You don't hear them. You just see yourself on the, on the screen experiencing it, but you're, you're disconnected from it. Now, Let's, let's make that, and I would ask, you know, do you see it in color? Do you see it black and white? I'd see color. It's vivid. Of course it's vivid. Well, make it black and white. Make all the sounds, you know, turn the volume down. Make it fuzzy. Make it crackle. Make that memory. So I'm disassociating them with the memory. I'm taking them out of the memory and then helping them take control over it and uh, changing the way it's perceived. So disassociating and changing the perception of that memory. And then I have them rocket it into a moon or, you know, hit it with a baseball bat and destroy 
the the negative connotation behind that memory. So, you know, when they open up their eyes, they're smiling. And I say, what's you smiling about? It's like, you know, I'm thinking about this memory that was so traumatic and now I'm smiling about it. It's funny. And it can, it can stick with you because it's not about what you say. It's about how you feel. And when you feel something different, that sticks with you. One lady, she, she had a, an abusive husband. We did the same thing. We went, walked through a memory where, you know, her, her husband was abusing her. We walked through what she was hearing, what she was feeling, what she was seeing. We changed it. We turned him into a, a clown baby. You know, he, the way she sees him now is a clown baby. And the way that he, his voice comes out, it sounds like a baby. And we changed the colors. We changed them. We, did, we rocketed to the moon. And she told me about a month and a half later where her daughter was having a birthday party. And he was there. And she saw him and she smiled. And she said that every time she'd be around him, she would feel uncomfortable. She'd get anxiety. She'd feel stressed out. But this time, for the first time in her life, she looked at him and just saw a clown baby. And she heard the voice in her head that just matched this memory we, we created and it made her smile. And she, you know, she told me she went and served him cake. And in her mind, she's like, here's your cake clown baby and smiling from a place of empowerment because she took control. <laughs> really good. Yeah. It's, it's really, it's really, it really shows um, how, how you can, can change someone's memory simply by replacing uh, those certain words and certain uh, feelings. Yeah, changing their map of that reality. Right, re, re, basically redrawing the map or, or re, yeah. reprogramming, repro, reprogramming that, that particular map. That is, that is, very, um, that is very, very interesting. So then do people like, uh, do people like come to you for like these like sessions for like an, an hour, 30 minutes, you know, 50 minutes? Uh, how how would how do you work with your um with your clients basically i i typically do a minimum of three months uh whether it's once a week or every two weeks um because it's just like going to the gym everything is just like that and these these sessions that i talked about they had they took effect after one session but it's typical that you have more than one memory that's traumatic like that more you know it's like going to the gym if you go to the gym once you're you're gonna have this very small amount of results it won't even be noticeable but if you go to the gym for three months six months a year you're gonna have massive results so i like to get people's commitments to at least 90 days of a program um but yeah you know if someone wants one session with me i will i will do it but i'm more into uh long-term higher goals you know most people they want a fulfilling life it's not just about reprogramming a memory it's about reprogramming the memory more self-love more self-confidence more success more income you know more happiness so i like to work on multiple things not just one memory excellent that's that is um that is really uh really re really interesting yeah um, yeah, it's an interesting world we live in. <laughs> and what other uh, what other types of uh, coaching projects you know do you do, are, are you working on? Well, I've got uh, an online course that I just released. It's called Mental Fitness. Uh, again, going back to the the, the comparison of you know uh, physical fitness. If you want to win at being fit, you want to run a marathon, you want to be, uh, you know, a, a top athlete or uh, track and field or any sport, you train, you, you train your physical fitness. 
well, you know, a lot of us out there are wanting to be successful in happiness, finding soulmates, relationship building, all these other things. Well, that comes from mental fitness. And we actually have the power to become more mentally fit when we read books, when we go to events, when we actually train our brain. What I do is I'll train your brain. Instead of, you know, helping you build muscle, I train your brain. Um, so a lot of the stuff that I talk about, I, I break down, I give strategy on how to practice it, how to actually use these things. I go back to, you know, where my first call with my first mentor was, where he, you know, said a few things that completely shifted the way I think on one call. And I help give those same tools and the same recipes to, to people um, through my coaching and through my online plans. This is the thing that I've learned about humanity. We operate perfectly. We really do operate perfectly. And here's the example. Have you, are you, Aaron, are you a baker? Uh, not, not necessarily, but I, I, enjoy, I enjoy eating baked goods from time to time. Okay. Um, so the first time you ever baked, did you sure. follow a recipe or did you just make it up as you go along? I would have, okay, I would have followed a recipe. And did and you it, have success following that recipe? Probably because I was I was a I was a little kid and it was probably like you know like chocolate chip cookies or something. But yes, there yeah. was a recipe, right? But but you did create chocolate chip cookies, right? Correct. Because you had a recipe. If you didn't have that recipe and you tried just throwing and slamming ingredients together, do you think you would have had chocolate chip cookies? No. Or they might have been too sweet or too salty or right. something. Right. Right. But you operate perfectly. You followed a recipe and you got the same result as anyone else who would follow that recipe and operate perfectly within it. We operate perfectly, but if we don't have the right recipe or the right strategy, then it's just trial and error. You've got to try and try again. Some of us get stuck trying the same thing over and over, which is the definition of insanity. But we do operate perfectly. But if we're given a recipe or given a strategy, then we can have the same results as the person who figured it out. And that's the problem. A lot of us are just operating without the right recipe. We're trying mm, to figure this mm. thing out and try to figure out how to think properly, how to operate properly, how to build a business properly, how to teach properly. And because we don't have the right recipe or the strategy, and this is you know the reason for schools in the first place, but they don't have schools for everything. They don't have courses for everything. And sometimes it's, if they do, it's out of our budget. Well, the problem is if we had that, then we'd be able to do the same thing. We'd be able to do what the greats were able to do. We just don't have it. We just don't have that recipe. But the thing about us is we do operate perfectly. If we're told this is how you do it, and if you follow this uh, instruction manual or this strategy or this recipe to a T, you go step one, you do that. You go to step two, you do that. You go to step three and you do that. You're going to get the same result I did. And I don't care if you're a baker, you'll bake that cookie. I don't care if you're a rocket scientist, but if I give you an instruction manual on how to build a rocket, guess what you're going to do? You're going to build a rocket. So what do you think the recipe should be um, for solving a lot, of the a lot of the challenges that our country is facing today? Or if you were to be, I don't know, standing in Washington, D.C., and say only one thing to a politician, any politician, uh, in, in our country or in Canada, what would you say as far as the recipe for building a successful country? I would say you were born with two ears and one mouth. Close one and use the other two. Right. Listen. That's the recipe there. Listen. I mean, there are so many people out there who 
instinctively know what their country needs for them to be happy, for them to be fulfilled, for there to be the less homeless, for the, there to be more mm. jobs. And that was, that is, I, I don't know why we haven't solved that problem. You probably know why. I don't know why we haven't solved the problem here in the, in the, in the states of homelessness and senseless drug abuse. Um, I, I don't, I don't really understand why I, I mean, of course, I, of course I understand at some, some level, but I mean it in, in, in a philosophical sense. I think if any country should have overcame the issue of homelessness and, and drug abuse, it should, it should be the United States. What do you? Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't, uh, get too involved in politics cause I'd rather work on myself. Cause again, right. all, sure, I, sure. all I know is I can't change the world from that perspective, I can change right. my world in hopes that others see that change is possible. That, you know, because I, I shut up my mouth and I opened my ears, I was able to learn things that, you know, gave me this fulfilling and happy life. And I want to be the example for that. So I try not to get too involved in, you know, what should they be doing? What should this person be doing? How can they change? I only ask myself those questions. How can I be different? How can That's I very be wise. How can I change? That's that's really wise, and that's really that's that's a really that's a really good idea. That's that's great. Yes, I just Thank you. it's it's when you when you mentioned I guess when you mentioned the rocket, I thought about how much you know how much money NASA has spent on research and sending probes to Mars, and I've thought you know they could they could have spent those billions of dollars on on solving the homelessness problem. You know that would have that could have helped a lot of people. You know, but who who knows? I guess. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I'm working on my reality right now. And if there's anything that I could do for the homeless, it would be so one thing I've done is I did right. this 24 hour challenge to bring awareness to homeless and to raise money. Um, so you know, that's something I have control over. I don't have control over the politicians other than you know, with my voting power and, and sharing some of my opinions. But that won't affect massive change. All I can affect massive change in is myself. And in myself, I decided I'm, I'm going to be more of a giver. So like I do things like this 24 hour homelessness challenge where I slept on the side of the road downtown with uh, 15 other people holding signs, raising money. And, you know, someone would come up to us and say, you guys are like heroes. How, you know, was it hard sleeping outside and all this stuff? And they, they were like, you guys are amazing. And I, I looked across the street to someone who's actually homeless. And I said, you know, what about them? You know, they do this 24 seven. I'm just do, I just did it one night and I'm a hero. Shift your perspective. I did it for one night. Why aren't you treating that person across the road like a hero? Who knows what they went through and how they got there. So, you know, I, I improve myself by putting myself in a position of if I want to help the homeless, well, let's see what they go through. Let's see how I can actually help them instead of telling the politicians to do it. Right. Oh, de oh definitely. Yeah, that's that's a really that's a really in, that's a really effective way of, um, you know, educating people about what the real problem, what the real challenge is. Sure. Right. Right. That's yeah. There was some. Um, oh, was it like real story? One of the YouTube's. I, I'm I'm of course addicted to YouTube. Um, I'm totally into that type of thing. I'm mostly I watch, you know, horror things on YouTube, like scary things like, um, supernatural, supernatural movies, supernatural, supernatural okay. videos, supernatural like paranormal like, stuff. Like, um, well, I, um, okay. You're from, you're from, you're from Canada, right? 
That's right, yeah. Okay, can, tell me, can you please tell me that you know who Chills is? Does that name ring a bell to you? Chills, it sounds familiar. Yeah, he's a YouTuber in Canada. I mentioned him on my previous episode and the person with someone who's living in Canada and they didn't, they'd never heard of him. He, well, anyway, he does a lot of videos about um, where he analyzes uh, like different, different, it's hard to explain, like different weird videos or different strange things. But anyway, then there was a, so that's kind of my content on YouTube that I, I guess consume or watch or have an interest in because it always, um, always is, always enjoyable it's always really really intriguing but then there was this one one channel real stories on youtube they they produce a lot of interesting things real stories and i never watched the the documentary but there was some documentary where some it was like some homeless person he he was like given a camera or something and then he like recorded his life for like months or or a year do you, do you know what i'm talking about by any chance mm, no oh. no Ah, ah, that is fine. Well, I never watched it, but it, it seemed it seemed like an interesting title. Yeah, apparently there was some homeless person in the States, I guess, and he had like a camera and he recorded like his interactions with society for like an entire year or, or something. Wow. That. Yeah, that's that would be really um, powerful, I guess. I, 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 I didn't, I didn't watch it. So, but it's, it's uh, really, it's really interesting. I, I think it's really interesting that America and, and sad and tragic that America has so many homeless people. I mean, I've been, I've been all over the world um, to, you know, e England, uh, France a lot and Europe. And there, there are, there are homeless people everywhere, but it seems like America has, has many of them has, has a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's crazy and there's got to be a better way. You know, there's definitely got to be a better way. Who, who knows? Who knows? And and what part of Canada did you did you grow up in by the way? Uh the capital actually, uh, Ottawa, Ontario. Oh, perfect. In interesting. Yeah, I've never I've never been to Canada. Um so uh, but of course, I would I would go to the French-speaking provinces because I speak French, of course. But Ottawa, Ottawa, oh, seems, Ottawa seems like a nice place. Yeah, um, something that I have I have experienced in my in my life, and I, I think I hope and I think you will have kind of a different angle on it, a different perspective, and that a lot of my blind viewers and a lot of blind people in my community, you know, that I that I network with and know. A lot of us blind people face a lot of discrimination. Um, what's your, because you, you have really illustrated in, in tonight's episode, the importance of not, basically, don't spend your energy worrying about someone else. Just spend your energy improving yourself. So right. then, then is, there, is there ever, um, or do you, do you have any opinion about, uh, how to appropriately deal with with discriminatory behavior, whether it's in a workplace, in a school setting, and the reason I'm asking is that hopefully you will give an, a a different opinion from mine, but also for me to just tell you point blank that blind people, just like many people, are in my opinion profoundly discriminated against um, these mm -hmm. days. What what do you think about that? Yeah, well, uh, you know, I'll compare it to my situation where people discriminated me for being transgender. I, I didn't allow what they were telling me or doing or putting me down to make me want to hide. I didn't allow it to make me 
agree with them and say, you know what? Yeah, you're right. I, I'm not good enough. I, I shouldn't be here. I can't do what you're, you're telling me I can't do. I did the opposite. I showed them that I'm here. Let, watch me. Watch me do what you think I can't do. Watch me exist where you think I don't belong. You know, their power only comes from their belief that you care about their opinion. You take away that power if you don't care about their opinion and you value your own more than you value theirs. Without doubt. That would be my simple answer. That, I mean, that no, and that is, that is perfect advice. That's an excellent response. Um, how, however, and, and on top of that, I, I get so many different, I hear so many different things. I hear so many different things um, on the various Facebook groups that I am in, you know, for blind people or people with disabilities where there is, you know, so much, so much negativity and so much, so much, uh, you know, discrimination, you know, I, I, I immensely, I, I immensely respect your opinion. I, I, I respect what you're saying, how, you know, it truly is in the end, it's up to us. And, and it is, that's a hundred percent good advice. And it's a hundred percent true, but, and at the same time, um, I, I am also concerned that so many, so many people with disabilities are, you know, in my, in my estimation, facing, facing discrimination and never speaking up. So do you think there's ever a time to, you know, to speak up, to speak up about things and to basically spend just a tiny bit of your energy, 1%, one-tenth, one-hundredth, one-one-hundredth, one-trillionth of your energy um, kind of addressing uh, someone else's totally. opinion? Or is there, because- Well, not, not addressing their opinion, right. but- you know, sharing the truth, you know, someone's opinion is never necessarily the truth because someone no, is discriminating you for their, it's exactly. So you, you know, and this is part of what I was saying, you know, be seen, don't go away. You know, if you're accepting their opinion, then that's what society is seeing. Well, then they must be right. You know, but right. if you prove them wrong, that alone says a lot. Excellent. You don't have to even per say the words completely, without completely. Okay, I got. Okay, got. Well, thank, thank you, thank you for clarifying clarifying that. I, I was, I was, I was mildly concerned for a minute that you were, you know, kind of saying that it's only up to us and that we should never speak up. But I complete. I, I, I totally got you. Your, your different maps of reality. <laughs> it's true okay it's true to to okay yeah sure sure yes so <laughs> yes um so yeah base, basically you would say the the phrase or the statement is actions actions speak louder than words louder is than what words. is yeah. is what you would say to that so 100 100, so one's okay but you you also i i heard what you said you said 100 percent. you see so mm -hmm. that 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 was an interesting thing you said you said 100%, you see, you eliminated by doing that. My interpretation of that was that you eliminated the opportunity to speak up for yourself when you are being severely discriminated against. That's, that's my concern or that's my, 
that's my philosophical analysis of you tacking on that 100 percent to the well, end of that sentence and I'll, and I'll tell you it's because people don't listen to your words they watch what you do people's mm. you know mm. people don't like to hear other people's um reversal opinions and their argumentative opinions it doesn't work this is what you know we spoke about this when you tell someone that they're wrong do you think they listen to that no they don't but you prove that they're wrong with your actions. That's why I will say 100%, because that's what's gotten me past discrimination. It's what's got me past um, the judgment and all that stuff is by the way I responded in how I act. Really, really outstanding advice. I, I think, I think that's, I think that's really, I think that's really good advice. That's really, really perfect advice. Now, do, now, do I personally, you know, in my opinion, do I agree with that advice 100%? Well, may, uh, you know, to be, to be forthcoming and truthful, well, maybe, maybe I can say I, I agree with that about, uh, about 90, 90 to 95%. Mm -hmm. I, I'm in agreement with that um, because there, there are, and, I, and again, experiences, right? You were talking a lot earlier about the experiences that we have. Maybe you don't, and in fact, this is true. You don't, you do not, you know, listener, she, she didn't, we, we don't know each other outside of us talking, you know, you don't, you didn't know me before today. Um, mm -hmm. But maybe, maybe I am. So the reason why I was asking is because maybe I am someone who has faced profound, you know, bullying and discrimination where it was, it was so profound that simply sitting, and I'm not saying you do it sitting back and letting action speak were not was not the was not the recipe as you would say that was at the time sure. perhaps not the recipe i i totally get it though and it's it's really good wisdom and it's it's really applicable because there it's 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 true um actions do speak louder than words um you know 99.9% .9 of the time they do and i think that there yeah and you know i'll i'll go back to situations where sure. Um, and it's not necessarily bullying, it's misunderstanding. And sometimes the words can help someone understand better. But when it comes to bullies, I have a hard time, you know, thinking like, well, tell me, have you had many situations where your words changed the situation? We've had, we've had, or I've had, I've had none. So. Well, so that's kind of what I'm saying, you know, right. it's what the things that you do, like having this podcast, see this action where there's, it's filled with words, but the action of having this podcast is going to affect more change than trying to tell a bully that they're wrong or tell right. them that, it's you so, know, give them so, your side of the so story. Why. That's a really, you know, and this is why, this is why I really appreciated you, you coming in today. Uh, because this is the point of Aaron's opinion, or, or I guess in my in my opinion, the point of Aaron's <laughs> opinion is to yeah to to simply do that to be able to give to give the gift of wisdom and knowledge to someone else out there who might need it, who might have needed your words, or might have needed to hear from you, or might have needed to learn from you, or would really really appreciate um, how how greatly you value actions over words. I, I that's that's. That impresses me quite a bit. Um, it wasn't always like that. And, you know, when I talk about the map of mm -hmm. reality, once you realize that we all have a different map of reality, you can realize that other people's perspectives have value because they help you expand your map of reality when you can accept other yeah. people's 
you're really you're really you're really appreciative you're a really appreciative and kind person you really appreciate what other people uh ha you know you know have to say that's of course that's really that's well well i wouldn't say or maybe i wouldn't say of course because we still have so many people around i don't know so many people are not appreciative i don't know you know you know? Yeah, no, of, of course, I personally am because, and, and this is the thing, you know, I've, I've released people's words val uh, uh, power over me. And that, that is where a lot of people's um, downfall is, that they give other people's words so much power over them. You know, I can hear a word now and not allow it to affect me, but I can, I can take it and I can unwrap it and add it to my map of reality and say, okay, from their perspective, they have this opinion. So let's see, where did that come from? What is their map of reality? And I try and put myself in their shoes and say, okay, well, maybe that's what, maybe they were brought up in a racist family and they had the, these things. So that's their map of reality. So if I can expand my map of reality using other people's map of reality, I can be more understanding and I can not allow their words to have power over mine because again, I have a little more understanding because my map of reality has been expanded and that's hard to do when you're too close minded to uh, accept other people's perspectives. You don't have to let it have power over you, but you can still accept that it exists. Absolutely. Or, or someone, I don't know who it was or where it was said on this podcast, but I think at some point, someone, I forget who said it. Someone said, um, something to the effect of you should we should never allow the the actions or the words of people who care so little about us to affect us so much i don't know i don't know right. where it came from or i don't know when that was said on on this on this uh, podcast but um i'm i'm curious have you have you listened to my other episodes because you really you really appreciate analyzing the way that people perceive things have you listened to my uh my my material well, being that um, they were only sent to me last night as I was going to bed and today I've been nonstop. I haven't actually, I haven't listened. Uh, what The reason why I'm on your podcast is because mm -hmm. I appreciated our communication that night. Last night, the way we communicated, the, uh, the perspective that you have and the map of reality that you've built. I respect. So I do oh, plan well, I, to listen oh, well, to wait, Well, I, I, I appreciate, well, you're very, thank you. I, I appreciate you saying that. So Teach me this though. So what is, so listener, you, you at home, you're, you're going to wonder. So what is my map of reality? How, where, where am I? How are you mapping? me? Because by using those words map and reality, you're thinking about how I think. So how do I think? Well, just what I, my perception or my perspective of what I got from our conversation is that you are here to expand people's perspective. That's exactly what this podcast is about. It's that's why you named it my about your your opinion because this is about opinions and opinions have a lot of power if you allow them to have power and they can expand people's maps of reality. So my take on what you were doing was you are seeking out someone who could have a very awesome conversation that could expand people's perspectives. So I respect that. And I thank you for saying that. Um, so I really, I really hope that you, uh, you know, I hope that your book uh, does does well. Um, and uh, do, and and I and I hope that you continue to upload great podcast, great episodes to your podcast yourself. Do you, um, do you upload to YouTube? I have a YouTube channel that I haven't, like, I, I used to be really big on YouTube, actually. I had uh, a really big following. I had videos with over 100,000 views. But Whoa. that's when I was done. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I used to document my journey, and once that journey was over, I privatized all the videos because I didn't want to be um, part of. I was moving on to another phase in my life. Um, so I have the channel, and I still have some followers from it, but it's not as impactful as it was. I've moved on to different uh, different platforms. So like my my Facebook has a big following, and I I use that platform to uh, to inspire, to motivate, to reach out to people, to create an audience of people who need my message who can you know really benefit off of the expansion of their perspective really 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 good if you you know you're you're such a you're such an outstanding such, such an outstanding guest for a show i this is this has been thank you as far as i'm concerned a really um a really fast really fascinating episode for me just from the perspective of, of a teacher if nothing else I, I as a teacher I love learning from other interesting people um, and uh, and yeah so I really appreciate is there, that is there is there you know since since you really you really think critically about everything is there if, if you were to ask me um, only one one thoughtful question that you would like to ask me for me to give you and our listener at home a thoughtful answer. What would it be? Oh, totally. I got a good one. After hearing the things that I've shared today, how would you operate differently moving forward? That's an excellent thing. Excellent question. I would I suppose I would understand that everyone has a different has a different map of reality, as you said. That everyone basically sees the world a little bit differently and no two people see the world the same. That's a good one. Yep. There you go. Is there any, um, is there any final, uh, final message, maybe a final message that you would like to give uh, the, the listener or the viewer, knowing that most of them are people, people who are blind or, or probably have, have some, you know, some disabilities. Is there any final words of, of encouragement or wisdom that you want to give? Well, this piece of encouragement and wisdom would go for anybody. Sure. And I'll tell you, uh, before I even say that, we have all been dealt different challenges in life. And something I've learned about our challenges is no one's got it harder or worse. You know, some people say, well, that person dealt with this and this person only, you know, just lost a loved one or whatever. But when you look at it this way, both people are going through the hardest thing they've ever experienced. So you can't compare them in, in both of their eyes. It's equal. So it doesn't matter what challenge you have, what, what cards you were dealt, you have the power to make it what you want. And we only have control over two things in life, two things. That's it. We can control what we focus on and we can control how we respond to things. So if you're sitting there and you're in woe is me, you're in victim mentality, which I completely understand. I spent many years there. Ask yourself, what do I want to focus on and how do I want to respond and pick up the pen and redefine your story the way you want to define it. You have that pen, you have that power. You don't have to know how you're going to do it. Just know that you're going to do it. And that is really good. That's about as good of advice that you, that we could hear for anyone. And the, there's another, there's another saying when you said the only things you can control are those things. The other thing that I thought that you can control really 
is that every year in your life in America, you'll have to pay taxes. But outside of that, every, <laughs> there, there is a famous, but you're 100% correct. There's a famous saying, someone said it, some philosopher said, there's only two things that I'm sure of that I'm going to pay taxes. Death and, and taxes, yep. Which are... <laughs> Which are pretty, which is, which is true, which I guess is, which is, those are a hundred percent accurate things to say. And, and outside of that, who knows? Um, so let's wrap this up. So if, so listener, you know, if, if a listener or a viewer of this, of this episode uh, wants to reach out to you, Sarah, and get in touch with you, how, how, how would they do that? Well, they can find me on Facebook. My my name is Sarah with no H, S-A-R-A, Weiss, W-E-I-S-S. Or you can email me at Sarah, S-A-R-A, at sassboss.com. S-A-S-S-B-O-S-S, sassboss, Sarah at sassboss.com. And uh, I, would look for, I would love to hear from any of your listeners. I will stay in, in contact with you. I really enjoy being on your show. You have an awesome, awesome perspective and map of reality yourself. And <laughs> I know that you're going to help a lot of people with this podcast. Well, I thank you for, thank you. Well, that, well, that, that makes it, well, that makes it, well, that makes it worthwhile then. Well, I, I great, I greatly, I greatly appreciate you saying that. Um, I will, I tell you what I will do. I will, I will tweet this out to you. Um, when, uh, when I publish this, I, I do, I do go back and I do listen to everything, obviously to hear how this recording comes out. Um, and then I will, I will get this published and this will be, um, tweeted out and sent out to all of the plat podcast platforms, uh, including YouTube. So you've been listening to a very, very interesting episode of Aaron's Opinions. Uh, the podcast for blind people where we spoke with Sarah, who uh, gave us a very uh, interesting perspective and a very, a lot of wisdom about our maps of reality and how we perceive the world. And I wish you, of course, I wish you, Sarah, good health along with everybody else in these uh, difficult times all over the world. Uh, I wish everybody good health. Stay healthy. You know, stay home. Uh, stay healthy, wash your hands a lot, and spend more time listening to spend more time listening to podcasts and things, <laughs> and things like and things like that. All right then. Well, as I like to say, thanks for coming on tonight. Have a good day today, and a great day tomorrow. From regular expenses to occasional splurges, there's a lot to buy. Why not get cash back every time you spend? With the PenFed Power Cash Rewards Card, you get cash back on every purchase. That's everywhere, every time you use it. You can even earn a $100 statement credit when you spend $1,500 in the first 90 days. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash to apply. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Rule the day the plant-based way with the new Vegan Mixed Berry from Smoothie King. Powered by whole, non-GMO fruits, oat milk, and vegan protein, it's a dairy-free, plant-based smoothie you can feel great about. With 13 grams of protein and half your daily fiber, it's an easy way to get the essential nutrients your body craves. Skip the line and order online for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day.